I want to acknowledge someone in our presence today. Um, I honor warriors that are with us. And significant warriors need to be honored in the kingdom. There are a lot of people who fight for the kingdom of God. And uh, they're not recognized. They quietly fight in their war rooms. And, they're, and they don't get a lot of recognition in the kingdom. And of course, they don't want that. But they, you know, they want to be wait for the glory of heaven. And the praise of Christ is all that they want. A well done my faithful servant. But uh, someone who has fought for me and my family for many, many years is my aunt, um, Laverna Granfield. She was a career missionary in uh, Rhodesia. She faced uh, charging rhinos. She faced men with spears and men with guns. Uh, she was a single woman, never married, traveling around in a VW bug around the African backbush all by herself. And she did it with courage and with prayer. She delivered countless babies in difficult circumstances. She cast out demons. People, the, the kingdom of darkness knew her name and trembled when she spoke. And when she came home, uh, she never stopped her ministry. She was involved in open-door ministries, working for youth on the street, helping them to get off that. She fought in prayer for her family, covered us in prayer many times, and brought us through many great battles. The Lord has raised up a great warrior in her, and she has descended from on high to this little place <laughs> to be with us today. And she's really mad at me right now for mentioning any of this. But would we recognize what God does in people this morning by honoring her and with her God with a praise offering and a round of applause for what God has accomplished? Would you stand, please? Amazing woman. It's good to know um, <clears throat> if you're going into a fight, who to get into your corner. You don't want people who are running away all the time. You want people who are going to stick it out and go in there with you. And that is so a part of what we're learning together. Today we're going to be learning about uh, victories and defeats. There are many times in our lives when, uh, as Christians, we don't always feel like we're winning. Amen? We often uh, go through battles and we wonder if we're ever going to succeed or come through and the great conflicts that we experience. Satan, all his hosts have the upper hand, and sometimes we feel depression setting in our lives, and you are not alone if you ever have that kind of defeating experience. In fact, there was a man by the name of David, and he described uh, this moment in his life. It goes in Psalms 13, it goes, How long will you forget me? Forever? You ever feel forgotten by God? Where did you go? I remember passing the bathroom and my little daughter was in the bathtub and as we went by, Sandra and I, we heard, God, that wasn't very nice. You forgot me. I don't know what a little girl thinks when she's praying that, but that's, David felt that in Psalms 13. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me, answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice 
when I fall. Now there's a depressed man, right? But in every warrior's life, there are moments when you have a day like that, a week like that, maybe months like that. Have you ever felt that way? When you step out on the battlefield, there will become a time when you wonder, uh, what am I doing here? How did I get myself into all this? I must be crazy to be involved in this. Is there any way to get out of this? How do I back out of this battle? People are dying all around me. The things, sacrifice seems pointless, and uh, I don't know why to go on. You may even conclude that Christ is too weak to overcome evil, or does not care when you cry out for help. And this is what the enemy wants you to think. Even Christ himself in the Garden of Eden struggled with the battlefield, did he not? When he cried out, is there any way I don't have to go to the cross and bear the sins of John upon my body? He fell on his face to the ground, it says in the scriptures, and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet in those dark, grieving, desperate moments in our life, we discover what it means to be a warrior of a king. We show our true courage and our faith in Christ. David didn't finish his psalm right at that depressive point. He went on, and he recognized the glory of God and who he was. He knew that Jesus would be there for him and to strengthen him at every turn. We, like Jacob, we, we don't always know what the battle will be and how we're going to win it. But it is important to be engaged in this battle. David said uh, that the Lord would fight for him. Even if he felt depressed, he knew that God was on his side. Jesus Christ said, nevertheless, thy will be done, that I will do it. He went three times to God and asked for deliverance. And in the end, he came back to God and claimed victory in Jesus Christ. Here we are, and now as we go into the Word, we find this wonder of God. And in John 15, 18, it says, If the world hates you, Jesus recommends to his disciples to remember, keep this in mind, that it first hated me. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teachings, they will obey yours also. Now, we know that we know who the enemy is. We've heard that. We know what the battle is about. And we can face now the harsh reality of the battlefield and the war that is being fought for this world. And as we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to look at that, and it's a warrior's field guide to courage under fire. A warrior's field guide to courage under fire. Let's pick it up at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But we have a treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed. But we're not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus 
may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always been giving over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life might also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but it's also life that is at work in you. Now, there are parts of this passage I really like and parts of it I don't like. So, and if, if I was willing to snip out sections of it, I could make this really pretty. But it, there are ugly parts in it. There's wonderful parts that people sing about, you know, wonderful chorus songs that we sing, you know, I'm crushed and, but I'm not defeated and all those things. And we sing those uplifting songs. But there are some real struggle parts in this about there is a fight and there is a battle to be won. A lot of people who go to prayer go to prayer beaten up and wonder, uh, can God deliver and come through in this situation? And as they do that, they start seeking the Lord and they believe in what is not seen as if it were. They believe that victory will be there even though everything around them says it won't be there. You heard two people stand up here today who were told victory was not possible. It doesn't happen. You have to accept the defeat. But they took it to the Lord and something completely different happens. But the important point is, is in that dark moment, you take that stand despite what is apparent around you. You find the courage while you're under fire. It all sounds wonderful after the fact, but in that moment, can you have the courage of David, the courage of Jesus Christ, to face the challenge that is before you? I've had a real problem with this passage and understanding it. I've got to tell you, as a, a person who reads the Bible and tries to understand it, there are sections in here that have always perplexed me and I've always wondered about. And in this passage, he talks about being struck down in despair. And I remember the life of Paul and how he lived. And he got beaten up lots. And he went through all kinds of things. But he always persisted. And I probably didn't truly understand this passage until um, I had a son. And my son grew up. And he joined the military. And I helped him get into the Air Force, and then through boot camp, we prayed him through that. I prayed him through service out in the field, and even now as he serves down in Spokane, just saw him recently. And what I've learned of it from him and the harsh reality of the training they go through and everything else is that a good soldier isn't just one who is skilled with a weapon. A good soldier isn't just someone who is physically fit. A good soldier isn't just someone who has great tactics and everything else. At its essence, at its core, when the military looks for the best of the best, you know what they're looking for? People who are strong in their hearts, deep down. So when the weapon is broken, and when you're under fire, and your body is hurting, and you don't want to go on, when you think it's hopeless, a good soldier gets up and goes on. When everyone else is running, the person who has that inner strength goes on and takes the enemy on. That is a remarkable individual. The military in the United States and all over the world, they look for those kind of individuals, that inner toughness and character of strength. They're hard to find. They're rare people. They're not so rare amongst praying Christians. Did you know that? If you've ever been in a, a program for recovery like Alcoholics Anonymous, at some point they will tell you, you need to admit 
you can't overcome this. Unless you have a power greater than yourself, you're going to be in trouble. Something that you can call on. God is a good recommendation in Jesus Christ. Unless you call out to him and go beyond yourself, you won't overcome your addiction. Did you know every good soldier needs that too? Something greater than themselves. And that includes spiritual warriors. It means you and me, we need something greater than ourselves that we can call on. When our strength runs out, when our courage falters, when we're under fire. And then we can win battles. I've learned that uh, a terrible truth, and I've often prayed for my son as he's in the military, and I know many others that are in service on the front line. The kind of soldier that uh, wins wars are ones that don't go into battle to survive. Ones when they go in, they're not in it for prosperity. They're not in it for glory. They're not in it to come out of it healthier than they went into it and big checks in their bank accounts. They're in it for someone else to fight a battle even if they cost their lives so that the kingdom would grow, that nations would be free, and the enemy will be defeated. We fight spiritual battles, not physical battles. But if we're going to really fight them, we need to be courageous under fire. And the only way you're going to be courageous under fire is if you go into the battle without interest about personal gain or survival. Do you remember what Jesus said about personal gain? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that other stuff will be given to you. But to put the kingdom first, to give everything. Paul understood that. He described that very well about stripping off anything that hinders you. Don't worry about supply. Jesus went and sent out his disciples to expand the kingdom. He said, don't take anything with you. Don't pack your bags. Don't do anything like that. Just go out and preach the word and give it and rely on me to provide everything. I think he was training soldiers because what they did by choice, some days they would have to do out of necessity. Do you have courage under fire? I have no doubt you're under fire. You live, you're in this world, you're under fire. The enemy doesn't want you to advance the kingdom. And if you start praying that way, you'll know what the fire of the enemy is like. We take hits, we get knocked down, and we get back up. I have uh, remember training and boxing in junior high. Really wasn't really good at it. The gloves got real heavy really fast. And uh, boy, I thought, this is strenuous. But I've learned what a good fighter does. Uh, the good fighter gets up again when they're knocked down. This scripture says, we're pressed on every side, we, we have been persecuted, we're perplexed, and we're hard-pressed, and we are struck down, it said. What do you do when you're a fighter and you're struck down? Your coach is yelling from the corner, get up! You're never going to be perfect, you're never going to do it just right. I wish you all could be like me and be perfect, but <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm not even perfect. Talk to my wife, she'll tell you. I'm not perfect, but the point is, is to stay in the fight and not opt out. How do you know that what the outcome of the battle you are fighting will be? 
There are many a brave soldier that we celebrate with poppy flowers every year that never knew what the outcome of their sacrifice would be. They just gave their lives, and they hoped, they hoped we would do something worthwhile with the sacrifice they made. When we fight for the Lord, we're going into this kind of conflict. We're going into a battle, and the goal isn't to gain something for us, but to expand the kingdom of God to take territory from the enemy. Jesus said to his disciples, you need to take up your cross and follow me. The cross represented the great battle that Christ fought for your salvation and mine. Amen? Amen. And when he says, take up your cross, what he's saying literally is, the battle is not done. We are still battling. And you have a battle and a part to play in that. But it means what? What does the cross represent but sacrifice? We win the battles by sacrifice. Sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of prayer, and we give ourselves to the Lord. And sometimes you draw the enemy's attention and you feel like everything's going wrong. Have you ever felt that way? My, uh, we have an antenna up in our house and our awareness around us that when I'm engaged in a, into a new conflict and going to a new battlefield and we're praying about it, we start uh, praying for our family and for our protection because we find the enemy tends to make us pay for every battle we engage in. And uh, you might not realize that, but that happens. If you become warriors in prayer, do I see nodding heads? I'm not the only one who has experienced this. Have you felt that? Yes. Amen. This is a real thing, right? Amen. And we know what, the, what we'll pay when we go into it. But that should never scare you away from the battle. You would just accept, well, yeah, I'm under fire, so what? That's what it is. That's what you do. But that helps you know that you're up against the enemy. And sometimes it even gets really physical. I always rejoice in that point. Do you know why I rejoice when Paul describes this? We're even persecuted, oppressed, knocked down. That's a good point. You know why? Because the enemy would like to defeat you by corruption, by lies and deceptions. If he can't stop you that way, the only thing he's got left in his arsenal is to physically stop you and ultimately to kill you. If that's the only thing he can do, that's what he'll do. But that's when you got the enemy backed into a corner. He doesn't prefer an open conflict like that. He prefers a more subtle approach to corrupt you and lead you astray. So if, you're, if the battle comes to a real physical conflict with the enemy, good for you. You've got him cornered, and that's when he's really dangerous. And that's when you need to press it even harder. The enemy is dangerous when you get him cornered. Would you agree? So be careful, be wise, but be courageous when that moment comes. A Christian can have courage under fire like no other person on earth, and because he knows the power of the resurrection, it makes his sacrifice worthwhile. And the ultimate victory, even if evil thinks they have gotten the upper hand, is still in the hands of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-16, through 16, we're going to pick up at verse 13. Verse 13 starts, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. 
All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to flow to the glory of God. One day we will stand before God who will raise us from the grave and then when that day comes, I don't want to be standing alone before God. I want around me people I fought for for the kingdom of God. Two Saturdays ago, Len is listening to this. Hey, Len. Uh, Len came to breakfast. Men's breakfast. I keep talking about Len. He's going to show up one day. He's listening to the sermon this morning. And uh, been praying Len through. And he knows that. He wrote me a note and said, Hey, Rev, you trying to convert me? And I said, Yes. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Win him for the kingdom of God. Very upfront about it. One day he will be. When I stand before the throne after my death and the Lord raises me from the grave, I don't want to be standing alone. I want to be presented before God with other people. And I want Len with me. That oil-filled, swearing, rough old man that other people have given up on, I want Len with me. Who do you want with you when you come before God? It's just not going to happen by accident. You don't just wish for that. You have to fight for that right now. And it is won by prayer. This isn't, well, if I have time and if I feel like up to it, it's so hard to pray and I get so sleepy and tired. And these are warriors that are not men for the battlefield. Because the battlefield is not a comfortable place, and it isn't always a wonderful place, and there are battles to be fought, and you have to have courage. And if you find the strength and the courage to actually assert yourself into prayer, you'll be assailed with doubts and self-loathing, and, oh, who am I to pray these things, and I don't know if the Lord hears my prayer. And that's the enemy trying to shut you down. You still have to press through all that. And if you can win through all that and can stand on the Word of God and boldly declare it, then you may discover that God does answer prayers that are prayed in real faith, under courage, under fire. There are people I want with me in the glory of heaven. That's just one of them. There are many others that I have prayed for, for the kingdom of God. I wonder who will be with you when you stand before God. It says, we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow. Paul often described the apostles as uh, the least in the kingdom of God. They were out there, hated, persecuted, beaten, and everything else. He said that to the Corinthian church that were living in luxury like kings and they had everything they want. And here were the leaders of the church, the apostles themselves, without anything, risking their lives every moment of the day. And they say, we're doing it for your benefit. They were on the soldiers on the front line declaring the word of God. There are people out there, um, missionaries we support and other people who are spreading the word of God that need your prayer. Paul often called on the saints who said, pray for us and for all of us in the work of the ministry that we might be bold, that we might be courageous. Did you notice that? They often prayed, the apostles said, 
uh, don't pray that we uh, escape dangers or that the enemy doesn't fight us or that we don't have it. We want you to pray that we're bold, that we're courageous, that we have that inner strength, that we can have the words we need to say when we stand before Nero and rulers of this age and share the gospel with them in a courageous way. They were looking for that in their life and a, a chance enough to do it. There were many prayer warriors that said, you know, I talked to the Lord about you, Paul, and uh, we heard that uh, if you go to Jerusalem, you'll be arrested, and you might even go to Rome and die. You don't want to do that. And Paul said, good, let's go do that. Your job isn't to talk me out of it, prayer warrior. Your, your, your job is to pray me through that. My job is to go there. And there are many times when those guys on the front line don't have time to voice a real good prayer. They are relying on you to get them through it. We don't stand alone as an army. We stand together in these great battles we fight. A Christian has to have courage under fire. A Christian needs to fight in order that we may know that glory in the, to come and know the peace of God in our own hearts. One day, we will come before the Lord and we will have scars. A lot of you have wounds. And wounds are terrible things, right? You've got a wounded guy here. And how do you know if you have a wound? You know a wound when you're hurt, Right? What do doctors do when you come in? Doctor, I'm hurting. What do they do? Well, does this hurt? Yes! I told you it hurts. Why are you doing that? I just had to make sure, you know. Poke you and it hurts you real good. You know you have wounds if you hurt. Now, a lot of us hurt in a lot of different ways, physically, emotionally, psychologically, and you've been wounded. I want to tell you that one of the most precious things in glory in the wonder that you're coming to, in the, through the gates of heaven, is not gold streets or pearly gates. The Bible says the most precious thing in glory are scars. The only way you get a scar is you have to be in a battle, you get a wound, and then the wound has to be healed, and then you get a scar. Did you know that of all the things the Lord Jesus valued the most, when he had his resurrected body and God honored the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, is that he kept the scars. I've often heard people say, how will I know you in heaven when I get there? I'll tell you, you'll know me by my scar. When the disciples came before Jesus in the resurrected body and he said, can the dead rise from the grave? And he says, look at my scars and believe. Scars are beautiful. You don't get them without wounds. And you don't get that without fighting. The one thing when I stand before the Lord and I have others with me is I don't want baby skin. I want scars. I have fought and gained. I don't want to brag about them or anything else, but I want to have made a sacrifice for the kingdom of God uh, that I have borne my cross and have been faithful to follow through. The sacrifices we make for the kingdom of God Every drop of blood, every sleepless night, every loss we ever experience matters and makes a difference. It does not go unnoticed. Around the world, did you know that the church is growing like it's never had before? We are entering into parts of the world that have been shut to us. Missionaries are often going into areas without any fanfare. And uh, they're going covertly in and they're spreading the gospel and Muslims are coming to faith and Hindus and all over the world the gospel is spreading. 
And everywhere that the gospel is spreading, you will find warriors for Christ who are making tremendous sacrifices for the kingdom of God. The word in the kingdom expands when there are warriors who fight and sacrifice. It doesn't where warriors find comfortable places to sit and enjoy the music and have lots of cinnamon rolls after church and, and we have wonderful fellowship and everyone says great things about us and there's no conflict and there's no expansion of the kingdom. It's when people have problems with you for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, declaring sin to be sin, and salvation in Christ, the only way to God. Canada has an ancient lie. It's been around a long time. It, we've inherited it from Europe. And it was the idea that religion and tradition is what Christianity is all about, and it's not about a living encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've inherited it from the Catholic Church and from the Church of England, that loved all these rituals, and we still have it today. Those that we call evangelicals or fundamentalists are considered out of the mainstream in Canada because we're calling people to a radical commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, that is the battle we'll fight. If you go out into our culture and declare this gospel, you will get opposition. You will get criticized for being too critical. You will say, well, you're preaching a hate crime when you say those kinds of things. But that's where the battle is fought. Not in the safety of our comfort, but out there in opposition to ancient lies. The world will tell you that they want science, they want reason, they want proof for the claims of the Bible and the Word of God. They trust these things that they can see and that they can test. And many of us want to put God to the test and want to see manifestations of signs and wonders and proofs that God is real in our midst. These things are what a person desires when they want this world and not the one to come. Jesus said, oh, what a sinful generation that it wants signs and wonders all the time. We aim low when we seek God on our terms and in our time. Faith is the only way to walk with a God that is too big for your mind to comprehend. Would you agree? If you don't walk by faith, you don't get him. Your strength is too weak to embrace God and your tests, the limits of the compass of his great reality. You just don't have enough in you to do that. If you want something to hang on to, something real, something you can touch, something you keep as a symbol of the reality of God in your life, when everything else just seems like shadows, then you touch a scar of a warrior. That's real. You put your hand in the side of Christ, and you say, that's what matters. Scars won the battle for the kingdom of God, and they are sacred in heaven. You can get battle scars from wounds you suffer here on earth in the midst of the battle. That's the only way you get them. And only Jesus can heal the deep spiritual wounds in our life. Paul says that, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. The healing comes. We will win and lose battles here on earth. But we keep getting up. We keep pressing the battle until the Lord comes home. Or he returns in 
one last great battle. Will that ever happen? When the Lord comes and there will be one last great battle, and evil will be finally defeated once and for all, and all these little skirmishes will be over. And that day we will all stand before the Lord. But until that day, we fight each little battle we are given because they're all important to God because there are so many people who are not ready for the great judgment to come. So we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we follow him, and we fight on. Amen? Amen. This is a last time I'll announce this about if you want further training in prayer. As we prayed and have given some pointers to a few people how to fight these battles effectively against the enemy, you too can be a part of that. There's a list that's been out, and you can sign up for that. Uh, we encourage you to do that real soon. We want to be able to get started on that so we can take you further in your fighting for prayer. And what we're going to find out as warriors is that each one of you are going to have things to share with us so we can also be affected together. For iron sharpens iron, right? You've got stuff to teach us and we've got things to teach you and we want to be on the same page and we want to be known as a fighting church. Let's stop with a prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for the power of the Word of God. We thank you for the answers to prayers you have already given in our midst. And we thank you, Lord, for the battles that are looming on the horizon. For we know, Lord, you are victorious over everyone. And Lord, you have been so kind to us. You have showered us with blessings upon blessings every day. And we are so grateful for what you have done. But Lord, uh, let us not seek those things. Let us seek your kingdom. Let's see more people come into it that they might be with us on the great day of judgment. That they might be saved and rescued from the horrors to come. We thank you for that, Lord, and for victory over the enemy even now. That the glory of God might be praised even as we have in testimony and it might continue to that the heavens will overflow with the praise of what Christ did with people such as us. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.